Good job. Good morning. How are we all? Good to see you all. A few first-time guests I'm seeing as I'm looking around, so you're very welcome, as Louis said. Great to have you here. You're actually coming in to the, the fourth and final week of a conversation we've been having around our church about a topic we call supernatural. This idea that, that what we see in this physical world, whilst that's very real, there is another world that is just as real, and actually not only just as real, we would argue that it's even more important than the things that we can physically touch in this world, that there is a natural world that we live in, but actually... Beyond the natural world, there's a supernatural world. There's something else going on. There's another dimension. And we actually are a part of that, whether we know it or not. We're subjected to the influences and the forces of that, whether we know it or not. And what we've been trying to do over these last few weeks is actually kind of look behind the curtain and get a better understanding of what exactly is going on in this other realm, in this supernatural realm, and to try and actually tap into that. To ensure that we don't just live our lives in the natural sense and just get the results that we can get in our own strength and with our own capacity. But actually go beyond that and tap into something more. Something that God has. Something that He's doing. Something that is supernatural. And so we've talked in the first week. You can catch up on our website or our podcast the first week about the fact that we actually live in a spiritual battle. That everything that God wants for us, the devil is opposed to. The last couple of weeks, we've kind of done a bit of a Holy Spirit 101 and 102 class, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, what it means to, to, to actually know the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He does, how we can actually live life with the Holy Spirit in us and flowing through us to empower us to live lives that are supernatural. We're going to kind of wind up this conversation this morning. I actually want to talk about the topic of angels. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have ever heard a message or teaching or or read a book or whatever it is about this topic of angels. I've certainly never uh, taught on the topic or the subject of angels, but it's actually a big, big, big topic in the world that we live in today. Just as the devil uses demons to accomplish his purposes, often so God uses angels to accomplish his purposes. Now, I've never seen a demon, okay, in my 45 years on the planet. The closest that I've ever come is uh, early morning uh, before Louise had her first coffee. Um, I don't know where that came from. It wasn't in my notes. I think I got possessed by a demon, actually. And I have never seen an angel, except the closest I've come to is Louis after her first coffee. Well, it's been nice knowing you all, and uh, please come to my funeral. (laughs) But angels are actually a big subject. They're a big subject in our media. Those of you that grew up in the 90s watching television would have seen a series very, very popular during that era called Touched by an Angel. And if you watch that series, you might think that this is what angels look like. One of them has a British accent. (laughs) Movies. This is a huge subject in movies. Dan Brown 
uh, wrote a novel, the, the Da Vinci Code, and that was turned into a movie with Tom Hanks as the star. It was a blockbuster, a colossal blockbuster. Interestingly, Hollywood aren't stupid. They chose to follow that movie up with the next movie taken from one more of Dan Brown's books called Angels and Demons. This uh, is a huge, huge topic. There was another uh, box office blockbuster about angels. Uh, this one here called Almost an Angel. I'm sure that uh, you didn't miss that when it was on. Yeah, let's just say that Crocodile Dundee was actually the pinnacle of Paul Hogan's movie career and it was all downhill from there. You can't see, maybe, if, I don't know, maybe you can see this. This is the, the cover jacket of the movie and the little byline there. I consider this byline to be a clue to every single one of us as to why you should not watch this movie. The byline says, this time... The guy down under is working for the man upstairs. Someone actually got paid to write that. Oh my, gosh. my favorite uh, Hollywood movie about angels is this one here, Michael, starring the one and only John Travolta, the other Italian stallion. And I just love this, this swearing, hairy, smoking, overall, bib overall wearing uh, guy talking, uh, portraying this Archangel Michael. Art makes the topic of angels a huge subject matter. In the Sistine Chapel, if any of you have ever been to the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican City, you look up, and you know, you're on the, you look up, of course you look up. It's actually crazy. Like everyone's looking, you keep bumping into people, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, you know, the painting's on the ceiling, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. But uh, anyway, this is one of the, the, the classic uh, parts of the frescoes by Michelangelo. And, uh, you know, if you think that's you know, that's what he thinks angels look like, little, little naked people who uh, haven't yet shed their, pup, their uh, baby fat. You know, that's his version of angels. That might be your idea of angels. What I want to do this morning is take us on a bit of an angels 101, who they are, who they're not, taken from the Bible. What does the Bible actually teach us about angels? Here's my definition. Very, very simple. Angels are spiritual beings created by God and for God. Angels are spiritual beings created by God and for God. And with this definition, for me, the, the most important thing is to just tack on, uh, uh, to drill down into the end of this definition. Well, what exactly do they do for God? Why would he have created them? And what is it that they do for God? Well, the Bible gives us some clues. One of the clues is that angels are worshipers. Whenever you find God or find Jesus, you'll always find angels worship him, worshiping him. John had a vision of heaven. He wrote it. It's the last book of the Bible, a book called the book of Revelation. And this is how he described one of the, the scenes that he saw. He said, I looked again. I heard a company of angels around the throne, the animals and the elders, 10,000 times 10,000 their number, thousand after thousand after thousand in full song. The slain lamb, Jesus, is worthy. Take the power, the wealth, the wisdom, the strength. Take the honor, the glory, and blessing. That is just phenomenal worship right there. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels given Jesus what he is worthy of. Worship. 
The Bible teaches us that angels are warriors. This is the one you get the tattoo of, okay? Just to show you my commitment to teaching, this week I went out and I actually, no, I didn't, but um, I did think about it. Big warrior angel, get the tattoo. There's a story about a, a guy named Hezekiah. He was the king of Judah, one of the tribes of Israel in the old part of the Bible. And their arch enemy was, a, was a, a, a nation called the Assyrians. And the Assyrians used to give them heaps, used to come and kill and wreak havoc on them. Well, Hezekiah, as the king of the tribe of Judah, he prayed. He prayed, he said, God, I need you to protect us. I need you to intervene for us. We can't do this on our own. You ever felt that way? You ever been a part of a situation where you feel that that you just keep getting attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked and you have come to the point where you've realized, I just can't do this on my own. Well, Hezekiah, he gives you a little bit of a tip. What to do is to pray. You might be helpless, but you're never hopeless if you turn to the one who is the giver of hope. And that's what he did. He prayed and God gave him a reply through the prophet Isaiah and said this to Hezekiah in response to him asking for God's help. Man, I love this. God said, I'll shield this city. I'll save this city for my sake and for David's sake. He was the king. And so it happened that that very night, an angel of God, just one, came and massacred 185,000 Assyrians. You didn't see that untouched by an angel, I can assure you right now. Massacred by an angel. That's the sequel, Stewie. There's an idea. When the people of Jerusalem got up the next morning, there it was, a whole camp of corpses. God is willing to fight your battles for you. And he will sometimes use angels to accomplish that purpose. Angels are messengers. We're coming up to Christmas. We're talking about this baby. What, what's this baby? What's all the big deal about the baby? You know, Seinfeld talks about, are you having a baby? Oh, you've had the baby. Oh, it's a good, lot of lovely baby. You know, it's a baby. But what, this baby's name is Jesus. And every year, millions upon millions of people around the world push pause and celebrate the birth of this baby. Well, let me just kind of helicopter up and tell you a little bit about how that baby came into the world. In the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. She was the mother of John the Baptist. God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. It's a pretty nice thing to have an angel say to you, isn't it? Oh, shucks. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Uh, That's one of the classic understatements in the Bible. (laughs) Surprise! What the Jimmy? (laughs) Might as well just put the word little in there. God has a little surprise for you. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. Interesting. God used an angel to actually deliver that news to Mary. So what does that mean for us? I mean, 
because we're not just here to, to, to kind of do a Bible study and, and go away with some, some head knowledge. What does that actually mean to us? What is, what, is, what is the idea that God has created angels, spiritual beings, for him and to do his work, to be messengers, to be warriors, to be worshipers? Well, there's a couple of big takeaways here. The first one is you need to know that angels will direct you. This whole um, episode where the angel Gabriel had communicated to the virgin, unwed teenage girl Mary that she's actually going to get pregnant without having sex by the Holy Spirit and the baby's going to be the son of God. Yeah. It is, to me, it is hilarious. I just think, who thought that one up? Like, that God has got some serious imagination to have come up with that plan. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. Now, look, guys, just push, push pause on there. Sometimes we read the Bible and we just kind of read. What do you think Joseph was thinking at that point in time? He's thinking, like, I'm just going to come out and say it, right? You probably don't need it explained to you, but let me just say it for the record. He's thinking Mary's gone out and slept with some guy and got herself pregnant, right? Cheated on him, right? Oh, Mary would never do a thing like that. He didn't know that. He just knows that his fiance, who was allegedly a virgin, is now pregnant. And by the way, to his mortal mind, there's only one way that that happens. It's not because she shared the toilet with another pregnant lady. No, no, no. You've all heard that in the workplace. Ha, ha, ha. Must be something in the water. Everyone's getting pregnant. No. He's thinking, she's cheated on me and gone and got herself pregnant. And it's going to bring shame on me and her and this baby. And it's a reasonable thing for him to think. In brackets, you know, these brackets... <laughs> Joseph hadn't read this part of the Bible at that point, you understand? In brackets, it was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Duh. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. <laughs> I love this. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She'll bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, which means God saves because he will save his people from their sins. Look, Fair crack of the whip. There's only one way I reckon Joseph was ever going to be convinced that Mary's story was actually true. And that's if a flippant angel appeared in a dream. And God did exactly that. And because of that, because of this vision that Joseph had, because of this reassurance that he had from an angel sent by God as a messenger to direct him, 
Joseph followed that lead, trusted God because of what the angel had said to him. Directed Joseph from the wrong path. He was about to, you know, we, we could probably guess he was going to take Mary out to some remote village. So she has the baby, give the baby up for adoption and then move back as if nothing ever happened. And God wasn't going to let that happen. And interestingly, he used an angel to direct Joseph. Another thing that angels do is angels protect us. I know one of Louis's favorite Psalms, and the Psalms are great. The Psalms are, 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 are these, I guess, they're songs, they're poems, these great, great literary works that, are, that speak of a mighty God, that speak of a holy God, that speak of a worthy God. They're, they're, they're cries out to him, and they're, and they're vivid. You read them, they're vivid. And uh, lots of word pictures, lots of, lots of word association, lots of imagery through the Psalms. Well, there's one Psalm, Psalm 91. A couple of the verses there. The, the author wrote this about God. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. This might sound a little nutty to some of you. But when I, I race triathlons, and some of the triathlon races I do, it gets a little bit silly. I'm pretty competitive, and uh, I like to take no prisoners. But it means I sometimes make some pretty kind of, uh, well, I, I do some things that Louis, if she knew about, wouldn't be happy with. Let's just leave it at that, shall we? And, uh, you know, some of the courses are on, uh, you know, crazy roads or in remote corners of the world and so on and so forth. And, and I actually pray this. If, I'm in a, if it's part of the swim and the, and, the, and the waves are going stupid and there's bodies flying everywhere, I actually say, God, I pray that while I'm doing this swim, your angels will protect me and make the shark eat the guy next to me. That's what I pray. <laughs> so far, so good. It's just the law of probability, you know. We all wear wetsuits, look like seals, a.k.a. lunch. So you got to be praying something. Actually pray that. You know, you guys can pray that. You guys can actually claim this as a promise. God, I thank you that you order your angels to guard me wherever I go. That if I stumble, they'll catch me. That their job is to keep me from falling. You guys can pray that. You guys can claim that. We can claim that. God, you, you ordered your angels to guard me wherever I go. Now, it's possible. It's possible. I'm not trying to read your mind. Some kind of Star Trek mind meld thing going on here. I've been watching a bit too much Big Bang Theory. Um, but it's possible. So I've been thinking about this. You know, we don't actually hear much teaching on angels in a church setting, and we hear a lot of it in our, in our culture. That, 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 that maybe, I'm not going to take a quiz or get you to put your hands up, but maybe you're thinking, this is sounding a little bit new agey to me. Let's talk about angels, you know. Now, I hope you're not. I hope you're not, but, but, but if you are, let me, let me qualify this. And actually, this is good for all of us to hear. We don't, and we're not meant to, and we ought not to worship angels. Okay, that's one of the key distinctions between how we would approach God's angels and how maybe the new age, some new age people might approach the whole 
topic of angels, the reality of angels. We don't worship angels. We worship Jesus. We don't pursue angels. We pursue Jesus and acknowledge that sometimes, for some things, he uses angels. Not always. It's not his only MO. Sometimes it's him there directly. But know that at the end of the day, God, I thank you that you protect me. And sometimes you're going to use your angels. I love that. Sometimes, God, that you guide me and you direct me. And sometimes you use your Holy Spirit. And sometimes you'll use angels. We don't have to guess why God chooses that. But just acknowledge that God ultimately is the one that directs us. God ultimately is the one that protects us. But really the biggest takeaway and even this morning talking about angels and rounding out our conversation about the supernatural is, is, is to remind us that, that all that we see and all that we touch in this physical realm is not all that there is. This is not the only reality and it's not the most important reality. This will all disappear, either you first or it first, but you'll lose connection with this physical world one way or the other. We all will. But we won't ever lose connection with the eternal world. But we can actually tap into that eternal world now. We can tap into that eternal world here. We can actually access the supernatural here. There should be, there absolutely should be a discernible difference between someone who follows Jesus and someone who doesn't. It's not about us being boastful or proud or thinking we're, we're better. No, we're no more worthy than anybody who's not yet following Jesus. However, we've placed our faith in the one who is worthy. And because of that, because of following him, because of living by his principles, because of tapping into his Holy Spirit, because of being protected by and directed by angels on occasions, our lives should be discernibly different. Not marginally different, discernibly different. And the longer we're following Jesus and passionately and actively pursuing him, not just waving as he passes by, but pursuing him, there ought to be an ongoing transformation in us. There should be different results in our lives. Not to say there won't be valleys. Okay, I'm not selling you the follow Jesus brochure and everything will be fine. It's rubbish. But you'll never be alone. You'll never be hopeless. He will also take you to the mountaintops and he will take you to higher mountaintops than you could ever dream possible. And then beyond this physical world, if you place your faith in Jesus, (laughs) you go to a better place. We go to a better place, a place more glorious place more exciting that I mean some guys have tried to describe heaven in the Bible and a couple of them have done a pretty slam dunk job of it which is great but I'm not sure anyone could ever put words to what that's going to be like but you can actually start that journey now you can actually start living in a relationship with God here and now eternity it's already begun eternity doesn't start so it's this is eternity it's like the line just continues We're living in eternity right now, but it's a question of whether you want to live with the promise of eternal life or the promise of eternal death. And both are real. 
And that's the thing that sometimes we don't kind of stop to consider. I want you to consider that right now. Those of you that are already following Jesus, understand that you have entered into the promise of eternal life already. And that eternal life is here. Jesus promised that we would have life and have it more abundantly. But he promised that that would start here. Not when we get to heaven. It would continue when we get to heaven. And actually blast off even to greater heights when we get to heaven. But that abundant life, it's already accessible, available to us right now. Some of you, you've never actually made that decision. You've never actually taken a hold of that promise. You've never actually placed your faith in Jesus and and said to him, I want to actually take a hold of that eternal life. Well, the good news for you is right here, right now, I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to give you that opportunity. We're just going to take a moment to give you that opportunity. If you've never made that decision to say, Jesus, I actually want to take a hold of that promise of eternal life. Right here, right now, we're giving you that opportunity. All I want you to do in a moment, for those of you that have never taken a hold of that promise, and you know that that's exactly what you need to do this morning, I just want you to put your hand up. You say, that's me. You say, Jesus, that's me. I want to take a hold of that promise, that promise of eternal life. I want to place my faith in you. I've got a sense there's something resonating in me that there's much more to this world than, than I knew before I came in here. And I want to access that reality right here, right now. So those of you that have never done that, right here, right now, make that decision. And by lifting your hand, you're saying to God, yeah, that's me this morning. Just lift your hand. When I see your hand, you can put it down. And then we're going to pray. Okay. We had, uh, no, I'll save that story. We've got Christmas coming up. And I've said this before. Some of you have heard me say this. Let me say it again. Uh, And also for those of you that haven't. Many of you I know have already made and and or are making lists of gifts that you're buying people. Kids, grandkids, friends, colleagues, neighbors. And that's great. Go for it. Um, some of you have made lists of Christmas cards for people you're going to send to and some of you have removed people from that list. Um, some of you are making lists of, of who's coming to dinner uh, around Christmas. Some of you, if you're having a lunch or a dinner at your home, you're making the shopping list of ingredients you need to get and recipe ideas and so on and so forth. Fantastic. Love that. Great time of the year. We're not bar humbug here at Elevate. We love all of that. You know, go Santa, yeah. Um, uh, in amongst all of that, and, and I would actually challenge you to say, uh, it, even more importantly than all of that, make a list of who you're going to invite here over the Christmas period. Sunday the 22nd of December, 9, uh, 9.30 a.m. And or Tuesday the 24th of December, Christmas Eve, 6 p.m. Who's on that list? Someone that hasn't yet been exposed to the message of Jesus. Someone that doesn't even understand the reality of Christmas. That thinks it's all just this kind of commercial thing. Who's on your list? Have you even got a list? If you haven't got a list, make a list. Not everyone on your list, not everyone that you invite will say yes to your invitation. But please, please, please don't say people's no for them. Ask the question. They'll say no. Some of them will say no. Sure. 
But don't say they're no for them by not asking. By until, oh, they'll just probably say no. Don't do that. It's not our responsibility to, to, to say people's no for them. Get out there. I call them CEOs. A lot of CEOs in our world, Christmas and Easter only. You've got a CEO in your world. Some of you are the spouse of a CEO, the parent of a CEO, the child of a CEO, the neighbor of a CEO, the colleague, the boss of a CEO. Some of those people, they're actually low-hanging fruit because many of them are thinking about actually going to a church because they're CEOs and that's what they do, Christmas and Easter only. It's Christmas. Oh, yeah, come along. Put the invite out. Maybe they'll come here. Maybe they'll hear. If they do, they will hear the real story about Jesus and about Christmas. Let's get passionate about this. December 25, as far as Elevate goes, too late. Windows shut for another year. We've got to get about this. Retailers, mate, they are absolutely going gangbusters right now. They understand the seasons. They know that December 26, all the Christmas cards have to go on sale below cost. Boom, there goes the profit. They understand the urgency. We need to understand the urgency. Make that list. Who are you inviting? It's real easy these days. You can Facebook every single Facebook friend and invite them along. It doesn't cost you nothing. They might defriend you, but then they probably weren't real friends in the beginning. Stuff them, I say. Anyway, let's pray for uh, Christmas coming up, shall we? And pray for us in the lead up. I mean, us, you and me, us, who are doing the inviting. Lord, I pray that over these next two, three weeks, <clears throat> you would stir up the urgency in our hearts that there are people in our worlds already. We don't even have to look far. They're already in our worlds, in our spheres, in our orbit, that don't know you, don't know your reality, haven't heard your message. And you're giving us the responsibility and the privilege of being the ones that invite them. Lord, I pray that over these next few weeks that we would grow in favor with you in favor with them, that we would grow in confidence, that we would grow in clarity, that we would be increasingly sensitive to the leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit to see and seize opportunities that with our own natural eyes we may not see or seize. And that as Jesus, you declared your heartbeat, you want to see your house full. You want people exposed to the truth of your message that you came to this earth as a baby for them. The greatest gift of all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's get busy, guys. We've got a mission. We're on a mission from God. See you next week. We're starting our conversation. I am Jesus. Which, just by the way, when Louis said that, she didn't mean her. <laughs>